defense innovation units asking commercial industry to help it test and evaluate hypersonics. DIU believes commercial companies can help Pentagon move faster on cutting-edge technologies. Brian McCarthy is vice president for tech scouting and ventures at Booz Allen Hamilton. Brian, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. What's the connection look like today? Where are we now in that connection between commercial technology, especially companies that are just learning how to do business with the department, and the bureaucracy that is the Department of Defense? Welcome. Thank you, Francis. Appreciate it. Um, and, and thanks for having us at Booz Allen to be a part of this. Um, I think we're still in its infancy. Um, the reality is when I moved out to San Francisco in late 2014, I shared a, a small corner office floor with, with uh, some of the early folks at DIU, um, Raj Shaw, David Rossi, Lauren Daly, um, pillars in our community, like absolute stalwarts the 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 issue though is for every step we take forward in accessing commercial tech dual use tech whichever um, phrase you want to use um there are three steps backwards and and that's frustrating obviously i think for people inside the building um, inside the venture community inside the startup community and even for large prime systems integrators like us and it is going to take an entire ecosystem to beat our adversaries. And right now, um, you know, there are many different organizations trying to solve this problem. Um, the scale is just so big, right? And so for every major win at, let's say, SOCOM or, you know, in the Air Force, um, there are often many programs that are two steps back, right? And that's what's frustrating. It sounds like the challenge is the growth is linear, not exponential, at a time that we need exponential growth to be able to reach the scale that you're talking about. Well, I like to stick to facts. Um, <laughs> the reality are the facts is there's, you know, one public dual-use company that has come out of Silicon Valley in the last 10 years. There are two probably... Um, on the precipice uh, between Shield and Anderil, who are amazing, amazing, have amazing tech founders, but also have a amazing tech and, and software development. Um, you know, the next two years are going to be pretty tough. So I'm, I, I'm guessing it won't be in the next two years, uh, considering the markets today. Um, we are not seeing exponential growth. If you asked any one of their founders, and, you know, we talk to about 100 founders a month, the deal sizes are just not large enough uh, to bridge that valley of death. Mm -hmm. And there's no amount of private capital money, venture money, et cetera, um, that are going to help them get through this. It'll just dilute their shares. They need access to contracts. And, and by contracts, I mean, um, you know, seven-figure contracts. The Pentagon talks on an ongoing basis about trying to bridge that valley of death. Congress is aware of the problem <clears throat> now, too. What are the, still the holdups that remain? Are they still the same ones that existed, let's say, three, five years ago um, that just haven't gotten fixed or has some of the repairs that have happened created new ones? Yeah. I, I would think about this in three different ways. There is a acquisition problem. There is a money problem. And neither of those are important as the third problem, which is integration. We simply don't have the ability right now 
from the startup community to integrate into the major systems. And I mean the major programs of record. And that's one of the reasons why we started our fund. On the acquisition side, everybody's talked about this at length. We need more vehicles and serious capital from you know, the Defense Department and other USG customers. It's not just DOD. This, this the topic is typically addressed at DOD, mm-hmm. but the national security community and, and large civil agencies need to take this seriously. Um, and I think several are doing it. But the second one, which is there's, there's, I wouldn't call it dumb money, but there is still plenty of money out there that hasn't been wiped out. You know, whether you look at the two trillion wiped out in crypto, there's lots of money and investors who want to go into this space, who want to solve national security and DOD problems. Um, but the third is the hardest. The third is just quite frankly, there is not enough startups who have developed tech far enough and or high up enough the TRL scale to get integrated into major defense systems. Mm -hmm. And so that's a challenge for the entire community. It's not just on the startups, but it's on the prime integrators. And we think we have an ability to help there. What is the holdup for the integrators? And what is the holdup for the companies that the integrators want to integrate? Yeah, with respect to the holdup, I mean, so we've been scouting non-traditionals for seven years on contract for many agencies. Um, from a contract perspective, bringing them onto Booz Allen contracts as opposed to, let's say, uh, OTAs or Cyber, you know, direct to startup, um, that has worked very well for us. So the holdup on our side, I wouldn't say is... Um, anything cataclysmic, one of the things we wanted to do is put our money where our mouth is. We want to bet on some of these technologies that we believe are going to help some of our own strategic pillars, AI, cyber defense, 5G, quantum, etc. The larger holdup, I think, within with respect to the, the community as a whole is there are a lot of startups out there that just aren't good enough, quite frankly, to be in some of these major programs. And I think the tide rolling out with with the market going down is going to really determine who is in here for the long run and who, who is not. Um, but I do believe that there are lots of people who want to dedicate a tremendous amount of resources to trying to solve this. Um, it's just multifaceted. Yeah. It's going to take some time. Tell me how this uh, capital fund works yeah. and tell me how it connects sure. the pieces together. Because it seems to me there's three important pieces here. There is the startup type company. There's you as the integrator and there is the department as your customer or the customer of the of the startup. Yeah. How do they all fit together? So uh, I'll start with the mechanics of the fund. Yeah. So we are going to fund five, seven companies a year across four domains. Those four domains are areas that we believe we've got flywheel contracts and we can win in. We've got a talent base to help these startups integrate downrange into major systems on Booz Allen contracts. That's artificial intelligence. <clears throat> that is cyber defense. That is what we call digital battle space, but anything that touches the kill chain. And then a fourth bucket that's kind of deep tech where we are working, you know, exclusively on edge tech such, such as, you know, XR, 5G, quantum, digital twin, etc. The mechanics of the dollars, though, is $100 million off our balance sheet. We will fund deal by deal by deal. 
Okay, so it's not 100 million moved into a separate bank account. And um, it is a very specific strategic focus. I don't have to deploy 20, 30 million dollars of capital a year. The second piece is how does this help us strategically? I kind of talked about that, but we, Booz Allen, know that we need to win in, you know, in the tech space in areas that, you know, we have breadth and experience and serious development contracts. So that's why we chose the four that I just talked about. The last piece is our clients on a daily basis are asking us, this is really difficult. It is really difficult to sift through what actual tech startups and non-traditionals are good or just have something good on paper. Mm -hmm. And so part of the diligence process in our tech scouting and or ventures is, we meet with founders, we meet with them every day, all day, and we kick the tires on their tech. So what we want to be known for is one of the best venture, corporate venture firms who does diligence. And right now, you know, if you look at the year or two prior, people were spending money without even going into data rooms. Mm -hmm. The reality is I've got a customer who can't afford that. I've got a customer who says, I need the best tech. And I need to know that it works on systems that I am putting people in difficult positions. So, you know, specifically warfighters and other people. So that concept of what's good versus what's good on paper strikes me as maybe the essence of why the dual use venture capital fund concept is really important here, because it's not just we need to find something that's excellent for the, the Department of Defense or the IC or DHS or something like that. It's also got to be a practical commercial application at some point, too. It, it's got to solve a problem, yeah. right? Yeah. Like um, it would be easier to almost take a financial outlook and figure out like, how am I going to make 10, 20, 100x on this company? They're working in a space that we know or we think we know three, five years from now, they're going to kill it. But the first question you got to ask yourself is, does it solve a mission problem? And if we can't dissect what that mission problem is, the requirements or how this piece of tech is going to solve that problem, then we're actually not doing our customers any benefit and we're not doing our corporate any benefit. Um, so, you know, I do think there is a difference between strictly financial investors and folks who are strategic investors. And we're coming at this from a strategic approach. Brian, a lot more I'd love to cover, but we're out of time. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you.